everybody, and welcome to the Photographic Collective podcast. Guys, my name is Miles Woodboyer, and I am so excited that you've sort of stumbled in here. Uh, y'all, the purpose of this podcast is three things. It's really simple. We want to help you level up your photography career, and we want to help you strengthen your, your brand and better your client experience. And then, um, of course, we want to help you succeed through giving you the knowledge and the tips and the information and just the access to uh, myself and friends of mine in the, in the industry uh, that can maybe help you along the way. Um, y'all, this is the third episode of, uh, of the podcast. And uh, guys, if you've missed the first two, then you may not be aware, but I started this whole podcast off on a series about storytelling. And that whole series was brought on really as a reaction to you guys. I, uh, I put on Instagram just just the question, you know, what would you love to hear me speak about? And and storytelling was a big topic of conversation in that. And so we decided to start there. Uh, and so if you're just chiming in now, uh, today we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. First things first, we're going to talk about the di- the uh, the dynamic movements that are involved in shooting, whether it's a wedding or a documentary of some type, and how that can be a part of storytelling and also a challenge in the storytelling uh, lighting changes, ways that we can work to to build consistency so that the stories feel cohesive. Uh, We're also going to talk about things that that are a little bit more difficult to accomplish uh, in in the realm of of, uh, shooting images that have both cause and effect in them. Um, A lot of times I'll say they have both the action and the reaction in the same image. But guys, I want to start here by first saying something I think is really valuable and really important for you to hear, uh, that, that you're where you need to be right now that we are in an industry at the moment that is just so obsessed and consumed with uh, comparison and competitiveness. And that, that feeling of imposter syndrome is so quick and easy to sneak up. And, and so guys, if, you have, if you've come into this community, this photographic collective group, whether you're on the Facebook group or, or you've just found this in your podcast store, um, guys, I'm just happy that you're here. I'm excited that you're here. It's a good time. Uh, for you to hear this, whether you're a new photographer or a really seasoned pro. Um, and I think it's important for us to start off by just saying guys, that that comparison is where creativity just dies. You know, I, I want our uh, our listeners and our friends, the people in our communities to understand that creativity is courage. It takes bravery to get out there and do something that's truly creative, especially when your passions and your dreams and sometimes your income is on the line, right? And so, it, you know, before we even get started in the meat of the podcast, I just want to encourage you guys to take your time. Sometimes we just need to hear that. Just slow down. You know, I, I know we've all heard the number of cliches, the Rome isn't, wasn't built in a day stuff, but, but you've got to remember that you can't base your goals on other people's achievements. That's not fair. It's not fair to your, your craft. It's not fair to your creativity. And it's not fair to the people that believe in you. So set your goals based on you. Set a trajectory to those goals based on you. And, uh, and guys, if you're in here right now, you're already achieving that. You are already pursuing that education. And so um, genuinely, thank you. I'm humbled to, uh, to be a part of that. All right, so let's dig into today because I have a lot that I want to talk to. And, uh, and y'all, if you're, if you're a first-time listener, you know that the purpose, the goal of this podcast for me is to keep these episodes really short, really digestible so that you can get back to your day and back to work. And, uh, and then I don't eat it all up by just blabbing on forever, okay? So we're going to talk first about dynamic shooting situations. And, uh, and I'm going to give you an example of this. So a few years ago, I shot a wedding in New York. And 
you know, we landed in, in the city and, and kind of poked around a little bit, did our normal scouting and our normal planning. But there was a lot that we couldn't plan for. Things like we didn't know what the hotel room in the Waldorf Astoria where hair and makeup were going to be done would look like. And we didn't know what the light would be like yet. Uh, in St. Bart's Church, right in the middle of Midtown Manhattan, we couldn't get in and the chapel was really restricted for photographers. And so there wasn't really a way to plan for that except for based on Google Images. Uh, then the uh, reception was down the street that we'd be walking in the middle of Midtown Manhattan in the middle of the afternoon uh, to the Racket Club, which is a very exclusive club that we couldn't get into ahead of time. And so my point is that we were asked to shoot an entire day with very little research uh, being able to be done before the wedding. And, and this incredible story with three beautiful locations that are so full of history. And, and the goal then is how do we how do we glue all that together? How do we juggle the, the pressures of telling a story? Um, and how do we keep it consistent? And, and how do we allow any level of, uh, of risk or fear to not enter into those moments when we have to be so present? And the answer is really simple. Um, just practice, 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 practice. I, I wish I, I had some kind of weird magic bullet here to tell you guys, but the secret really is doing everything that you can to, to be ahead of the game. So, so we showed up early because like I said, we weren't able to get into the hotel room, you know, ahead of time. So we showed up about 30 minutes early so that we could kind of scout the light and understand really what we were working with. Uh, we actually planned the first look in a, a little courtyard at St. Bart's so that we could kind of poke our head in and get a sneak peek into the, uh, the, the chapel itself. And guys, that's a whole other story in and of itself, because when we walked into the chapel, we found out as did the bride and groom that they don't allow photography during the ceremony in that chapel. And so, uh, you know, a whole other sidebar there was us having to kind of negotiate, uh, be a little on the political end, as well as very tactful and very kind to the people that work at the church to allow them to do, allow us to do something that they don't usually allow people to do. And, uh, and that allowed us to really step up for our clients and create a really powerful client experience. It also allowed us to not have to live in fear that we had been flown all the way to New York to be a part of this beautiful wedding and then wouldn't even be able to shoot it for the client, right? So anyway, we, we plan ahead. Uh, we do everything that we can to uh, make sure that we have the right equipment on hand, the right lighting on hand, and, uh, and a lot of confidence in the fact that there isn't too much stuff with us. So I, I am a big believer in the fact that I love to carry as much gear as I can into a situation and then set it all down and carry only the camera and the lens or maybe two cameras and two lenses that I know I can work with in a situation just so that my mind can focus and my eye can focus and I don't feel like I'm diluting that creative process, okay? So, but the point here is that, that you are the glue, to be honest, like you are the consistency, you're the creative mortar that's gonna hold all the story together. And if you don't do a great job of prepping and understanding what gear you need and what expertise that you're going to need to have in order to maximize that experience, then you are gonna be the glue that fails. So here's three quick tips uh, that you can do to, to try and be ahead of the curve a little bit when shooting in really dynamic situations. Number one, uh, you need to try to be prepped for all the challenges that can come at you. Meaning if there is really low light, you need to have some lighting solution with you. 
If you are likely to really stress out your batteries throughout the, the straight uh, length of a shoot, you need to make sure you have additional batteries and charging capabilities with you. You have extra cards formatted and clean so that you're not going to have to stop midway through things. Uh, your clients already know that they can trust your voice, trust your perspective, and really agree to the things that come to you creatively. You need to prep to, to get ahead of as many of the challenges that are likely to face you on a shoot day as possible. Number two, if it isn't working, don't force it. This is one of those things that takes young photographers a lot of years to kind of work out because so many times we have a picture in our head that we really know would be successful, but we don't know how to get there. And on a shoot day, sometimes we just have to have the discipline or the maturity or maybe the courage to say, hey, it's not working. Let's keep going. And so understanding that if plan A isn't working, you don't always have to go right to plan B. You can have a plan A.2 and a plan A.3 but just sitting around and trying to force plan A to work is a sign of creativity gone wrong. And you need to have more discipline and more strength than that and more courage that if you keep moving forward, you'll still be able to create great things. Number three, try and get it right in camera. But understand that that perfection isn't always the goal. And, uh, and so just to give you an example of that, I'm a huge believer in, in the gear that we shoot. The reason that we shoot the Fujifilm medium format systems is because the color is so absolutely beautiful right out of camera. But, but sometimes there are drawbacks to shooting these massive sensors with autofocus speeds that may not be as fast as some of the other systems out there. And those drawbacks actually can be a part of the creative process as well, if you'll let them. And, uh, and so here's, here's an example of that. There was an MIT study that was done a few years ago uh, that said that the the human eye focuses in roughly 13 milliseconds. Imagine how fast that is. I mean, that's faster than any camera on the market, faster than any kind of technology that we have. Your eye focuses in 13 milliseconds. Now, here's a perfect example of something that can be creative and imperfect at the same time. Did you know that if you shoot an image that's just slightly out of focus, the human eye will take a little bit longer to try and figure out what's going on with that image. If it's just slightly soft, just a little bit out, you're going to spend a little bit more time or the viewer is going to spend a little bit more time trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And you know what that allows them to do? It allows them to have a longer emotional reaction to that image. It's the reason why whenever we see those beautiful, soft, movement-based, blurry images, we get all the feels, right? So you don't want to base your entire portfolio on out-of-focus images, but understand that perfection isn't always the goal. In fact, actually, a lot of creativity comes in imperfection. And so when you're shooting something and it feels like it's just a little flawed, lean into that because you as an artist are a little flawed and that's okay. All right, creatives, we have to try new things. We're at our very best when we understand the differences between limits and boundaries. And we have to grasp that there is so much freedom in structure. In fact, understanding where your structure is, having a really great plan, a really great schedule, a really great a barometer for where the pressure on the day is going to fall allows you as a creative to rest in the times of the day or the times of a shoot where you can feel most creative. And, and so there's so many elements 
that we that we believe in ourselves as limiting beliefs, things that we can't achieve, things that we can't get past, struggles that we can't beat. And those things are things that we have to just burst through, ceilings that we have to just explode through as creatives. A lot of that comes in the uh, the foundation and the joining of great communities, just like the Photographic Collective, uh, where you are exposed to other creatives and their struggles and also able to cheer on their successes. But we also have to grasp that there is a very real uh, sense of boundary to ourselves as artists. There are things that we can't go outside of in order to uh, protect the integrity of our jobs. And sometimes that is a different sliding scale. So for some of us, it may be something like, I won't do spot edits or color, you know, spot color, or I don't love sepia toned black and whites or I don't shoot babies, whatever that is, wherever your boundaries are, understanding that defining those boundaries for yourself can be a really freeing thing because inside those boundaries, now you have ultimate freedom to create and grow. And it's the photographers that refuse to put boundaries on themselves. They refuse to define their brand, define their client experience, and define themselves as an artist that end up flustered. They end up just running around in the dark trying to create without a clear understanding of what or who or why they're creating. And that's something that we have to push past. We have to achieve based on vision. All right. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I mentioned we were going to talk about next is, uh, is this idea of, of shooting images that uh, capture both cause and effect. This is a really common goal for, for documentary photographers. In fact, if you look through, you know, a lot of Associated Press photographers or, uh, you know, some of the, those beautiful coffee table books from Life or, or Discovery, you know, anything like that, you'll see images that often have an action and a reaction in the exact same frame. That's a powerful, extremely difficult goal to achieve. And the reason for that is because often, especially as wedding photographers or portrait photographers, we have this freedom in our mind to say, for instance, during the first look, I'm going to take a picture of his face, and then I'm going to take a picture of her face, right? Or I'm going to take a picture of uh, her mom getting her in the dress from the front, and then I'm going to take a picture of her mom's hands buttoning up the dress. And you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, actually. It's a really beautiful thing, and, and I do it every week of my life. It's a powerful thing to understand that sometimes the documentary is the entire story. It's all 800 images or 1,000 images or five images. It doesn't matter. It's, it's powerful to know that the whole story can be the whole book. But when you have the wherewithal as an artist to see an image or capture an image where the entire story can be told in poetry instead of in prose, when it can be shrunk down to one image where everything in that moment is summed up, all the feeling, all the emotion, all the story, all the detail, everything is expressed in one image, you've accomplished something really special. And there's a few ways to try and accomplish that. And, and guys, I, I wanna encourage you to do both. When you're out shooting, try and see wide and tight. Try and understand that the story can be both long and short, and that every little chapter of the story has the opportunity for you to capture one of these images that just sums up everything in one little quick moment. And, and there's three little tips I'm going to give you to try and accomplish that, okay? First things first, uh, I want you to, uh, to back up 
Now, if you've listened to the last two podcast episodes, you're probably shaking your head or scratching your head or at least saying that I'm an idiot right now because I've been telling you to put on wider lenses and get closer. In fact, the story that you want to tell needs to be as first person as possible. And now I'm telling you to back up, but what I'm not telling you to do is change your lenses. In fact, there is something really powerful about shooting a wide lens a couple of extra steps back because it allows you now to see the cause and the effect. It allows you to see the action and reaction. It allows you to see everything that's going on in the room and the people that may be just a part of the ripples, but not a part of the splash in that story and their reaction to that as well. So back up. Understand that you need to lean into to a workspace that allows you the freedom to both see tight and wide at the same time. That is an absolutely astronomical task as a photographer. But if you don't practice it, you'll never get good at it. So back up just a little bit. Don't get too far. Stay close enough to where you understand you can hear all of your other senses are engaged, but step back far enough to where you can really appreciate the story that's going on in front of you. Okay, the, uh, the next step that I want you to do of the three is I want you to carry your camera ready to shoot, but not always up. In fact, I, I heard a photographer years ago talk about the fact that he rarely takes the camera away from his eyes. And I tried that. And you know what I realized when I did that? And maybe this is just me personally. But when, when I did that, I realized that all I was becoming in that moment was the technician. I was just the camera operator. I wasn't a part of the story and I wasn't truly engaging in the story. I was just trying as hard as I could to not miss anything. And because of that, I was creating out of free, a fear. I was operating through this sense of urgency and scarcity that leads to this idea of fear. What if I miss? But when you set your camera down, when you just take a moment to be ready to shoot, but not shoot. You suddenly can see the stories evolving. You can hear the stories. You can sense the movement. You can be ready. And guys, when you're shooting wider lenses, whether that is an ultra wide or you just have that nifty 50 on, when you're shooting that lens, you have to be so much more intentional with your composition that often setting the camera down will allow you to see the things that you might miss, the lines, the, the compositional elements, where the light falls, where the shadow is, how people are going to walk in and out of frame and all of the movement. Sometimes you just need to set your camera down to really see that. All right, number two, I want you to be patient. That was a weird pause for effect, but I, I was trying to settle that for myself because the truth is, it's the one thing that I am really poor at. I have photographers, friends of mine that are street photographers kind of all over the country. But one guy in particular, a good friend of mine named Derek Fossbender, he is absolutely remarkable about finding a location that he wants to shoot and then just sitting and waiting for the right motion and the right action to happen in that place. The composition is set and then he's just patient because he knows people. He understands that eventually somebody will walk through that frame or eventually there will be a car that's going to pass at the same time as somebody else and he can catch one in focus and one out. 
eventually the frame will come together. That takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of strength as a storyteller to be patient. But if you can pull that off, if you can actually settle and sit there and live in that patience, there is so much creative freedom there. And if there is an action and a reaction, then you're ready. But do you have to realize that the the key element, the key ingredient to shooting like that is knowing that you're the triangle. And so if that triangle becomes too obtuse, if you're too far away, then you're putting too much strain on that that moment. If you're too close, you're too engaged in that moment and you're affecting the way it's happening, you're the triangle. There is an action and a reaction and you. And without you, that moment wouldn't be caught. But if you over-influence it, then the moment won't be caught authentically. And that's a struggle right there, right? Guys, every single one of these podcasts, I hope that we just keep pushing deeper and deeper. I have got an all-star lineup of friends that I want to get on here and people that have already showed some interest in getting engaged with us. Y'all, just from pre-releasing the first episode over on our Facebook group at the Photographic Collective, uh, we received so much just encouragement and excitement. Uh, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm nervous. This is completely out of my comfort zone. But to have a place where I can chat with friends of mine, where I can communicate with you guys, where I can hopefully inspire and instill a little bit of uh, a creative calm in the people that follow me, y'all, this is a, it's a big task, but it's also something that I'm really thrilled at. So I, I do have to say, first things first, a huge thank you to Jared, our producer, who is uh, who's behind the scenes making sure that this thing sounds good and looks good and is being released well. He's just a phenomenal friend of mine. Secondly, guys, if you're not already a part of that Facebook group, I keep talking about the Photographic Collective, um, you know, either find it on Facebook or send me a DM on Instagram at Miles with Boyer, and I will happily send you over an invitation. Y'all, we want to hear from you though. I want to hear reviews. I would love to hear topics that you'd like me to cover. I would love, love, love to, uh, to be a part of the communication with you. And so whether that's finding me on the DM or dropping me an email, miles at miles with Boyer, or just leaving us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would mean the world to me to see all of this effort and all of this time spent uh, investing back in the community really scale. Y'all, it's a big deal for us to be here. And, uh, and so we will, we will be following up um, with, uh, with the fourth series in this storytelling, the last one in this storytelling, and then moving on to some new stuff very soon. Um, But y'all for now, have a great afternoon or a great day wherever you are, and uh, we'll chat soon. 